Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. Like every episode, trying to talk about how you could like be smarter about your business, improve it, improve profitability, and take advantage of particularly Amazon. Yeah, we cover a lot of e-commerce stuff. I have a lot of interest, but like Amazon is just this dominant marketplace. And so we like to talk about solutions that help there. I have with me, you know, we're not going to talk about digital solutions today. We're going to talk about how to actually help your logistics company. I've got Brendan from Lowloft. Thank you. Good, it's good, good to be here. Yeah. So Lowloft, you describe it. I'm going to say the right words, the wrong words. Let's have a smart interpretation. Yeah. I mean, we describe Lowloft as uh, an industrial co-working. Probably the best way to describe it is like, you know, office co-working combined with warehousing. And I've seen some of the stuff that they've done and like they obviously have like really good design. It's a place that you'd like like to be in. I mean, it's amazing how those like little like tweaks change how you feel about just being there. <laughs> so I appreciate good design. But tell me like you're starting to like spread this out and have multiple warehouses across the United States that allow for this like fractional warehouse sharing where like you know, you can get rooms as small as what is it, 300 square feet, 900 square feet is the smallest, up to some sizable places. We actually get to like 150 square feet, so we can go quite small and, and up to oh, sort of wow. 1,500, 2,000. Yeah, so there's really a lot of flexibility to cater to. What led you to do this? You obviously had some experience inside of a warehouse, and so tell us a little bit about your backstory. Yeah, okay. So I'll give you sort of a quick backstory. So I'm from New Zealand originally. I came to San Francisco 2016 with my last startup, which was a fan engagement platform. We did a lot of work with major league sporting teams like the San Francisco 49ers and Phoenix Suns and then ended up doing some work in Formula One. 2017, I moved that business to Miami because I could see the kind of technology scene was starting to come up in that region. Did that for three years, well, nearly three years in Miami. Took a partial exit in 2019 and then started importing face masks during the pandemic for COVID. Did some pretty big deals with some big groups in the US and then figured, hey, why don't we make these things in the US instead of importing them all? Going you know, to sort of trying to remove some of the over-reliance on offshore manufacturing. So invested in some equipment. My friend of mine said, hey, why don't you set up the operation in Bentonville, Arkansas? I'd never been to Bentonville. Sent the equipment here and then turned up in town and had a minor problem. We needed around 5,000 square feet for a year for that project. Uh, the best we could find was like 20,000 feet for five years. So I basically just harassed all the local realtors and got a meeting with a gentleman who's got a 280,000 square foot 3PL facility just by Sam's Club in Rogers, Arkansas. And we built a 2,000 square foot micro assembly plant. So it was literally me and the father-in-law ground the concrete. I epoxied it for six hours straight, which is like rolling chewing gum. I would not recommend it. Then we dropped the ceiling down, put a PVC curtain around and some big HEPA fan units and basically created a clean room to make these face masks. And then people saw what we'd done and asked if they could share the space. So that was literally the kind of light bulb moment for us. It was like, hey, there could be a demand for this. Maybe other people have the problem of needing small amounts of space on a flexible basis. So put the model together, raised some funding from Steve Case's Rise of the Rest Fund, the AOL co-founder, 
and locally got funding from the Walton family. That's a Bentonville, Arkansas success right there. So that's uh, that's actually cool, you know. So by going to Arkansas, he did embrace the locals. <laughs> There's a few really cool things. One is like I have a fair amount of experience with warehouses for Amazon sellers, and they're kind of tough. These leases, the long leases. For a business that you could start up in six months, you also kind of want to be able to scale it down in six months. I think having flexibility is super important. And I know when we were growing, you know, we would just want as much space as we can get. And that led us into like some interesting situations, you know, like adding on a few years to move into the neighbor's spot. We did that two or three times. and. Ultimately, there's some times that actually we wanted to scale down our space, but we just couldn't. And that actually creates some dangerous incentives for you're like, well, we have the space, so we have to use it. So let's like double down on like this. And maybe these product opportunities aren't as great, but like, well, we have the space, so we should probably do it. It created a lot of like weird pressure of like feeding the beast of your business. And Mm -hmm. I know that if we had flexibility in growing and shrinking, flexible like lease terms, like, that would be super attractive to us. And sometimes to people, I even recommend take less space than you think you need and just maximize it and do whatever you can to like be efficient in your space. So I don't know. I'm just trying to set like my experience in the context of what you guys are doing. Did anything I say like, you know, ring true to like what you're experienced and what you're trying to build? Yeah, well, I mean, I've been in, I've had e-commerce businesses before, like when I was back in New Zealand. We had the exact same issue that you were talking about. We took on too much space and we expanded into products that we probably shouldn't have expanded into because we kind of felt like, hey, we have the space, let's use it. So I've been through that myself. And what we found over here, it was hard to find kind of right size space on a flexible basis. I mean, it's pretty much impossible. So, you know, you've either got to take less or more, and you're generally locked in for a long period of time. So your flexibility just doesn't exist. And so what we wanted to do is address all of those issues um, and take all those bottlenecks out of using a commercial space. So we basically kind of combined the best of the office co-working setup. The front of our locations have all those amenities. We've got things like shared kitchen space, conference rooms, and then out the back, the micro warehouse space, they're all private, lockable, secure. And we have a warehouse manager. So if you receive a shipment in the dock doors and you're not there, we'll receive it for you and put it away. So you don't need to be there. Because one thing we experience is we might order some stock in. The carrier says, hey, we'll be there between 9 a.m. and 12. And then 11.55, they turn up, they wait five minutes and they're gone. So, you know, there's a lot of waiting around for other companies. So we just try to iron out all those little kinks and make it a lot easier for smaller operators. Right. There's some shared resources like break room, kitchen, stuff like that that you want. But, you know, you don't need to have that like inside your location, but like people like a break room. So that's kind of like how you've been designing these spaces. And I've seen a little bit of the designs and I'm like, this is cool. This actually does remind me a little bit of WeWork which is just office space to refresh people where you can lease an office for a short term or whatever. But this is a little bit more for, like you said, industrial. And most people are probably thinking 
e-commerce distribution. And so it lends itself to that. When it comes to like equipment or maybe even like vertical racks or whatever, like, is there anything else that like you guys like share or, you know, I have to imagine some things people have to like take care of themselves. Yeah. So basically, you know, we provide materials, handling equipment, like, you know, forklift and pellet trucks and all the basics. And then if you want to put anything else in your space, you know, you can put your own pellet racking in. We're actually looking at offering that as a service because we've had a lot of people asking for it. And we do have the ability to flex into the space if help is required. Like say, if you've got a busy time, you've got a ton of orders come through, we can actually help. Or if you want to go away for a week and you want your business to run, we can actually pick and pack for you while you're away. Because I know that's difficult for small business owners. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Then you start to like, you made an argument against using a 3PL. So a 3PL is where like, basically you are like someone else does like the pick and pack for you. And it can be a very, again, another flexible option. Sometimes get better economics, better unit prices if you're doing it yourself or with your own team. Those are just all the trade-offs that people are thinking through. Tell me a little bit more about like you guys offering that as a service. It sounds like a challenge. Well, it's funny because 3PL, you know, I've actually used them in the past and they have their place. So we're not trying to compete with 3PL, but we've found that we've got a couple of use cases in our downtown Rogers location where small companies have gone into 3PL, figured out they were just too small to make the unit economics work. And they've actually come out and come into our space. So I think 3PL is good if you really understand your business well and you have some reasonable volume running through. But I think if you're an early stage company, it can be a bit hard even to work out things like, hey, what are the right sort of package sizes we need to send you know, these goods out, these bundles of goods? Just some of the basics like that. I don't think 3PL is really great. So you know, while it's a good solution, it's not for everyone. I also think that I don't hate the idea of somebody with their own warehouse and a 3PL to like give them a bit of that flexibility to flex up maybe in Q4. So like you don't have to give it a bigger space than you need. So I think they could present an option and I, you know, using both, I would find reasons to do that based off of your product types. You know, maybe you want to be closer to customers. There's a variety of ways to look at this. Let's see. So. Yeah, people can like move in quite quickly. You guys have a few locations that you're actually still building some of them out. What are some yeah. locations that you're building out right now? So under development, we've got Phoenix, Miami, Grand Rapids, and then we've got deals are closing in Pittsburgh, Milwaukee, Minneapolis. In the heart of America. Why did you choose Grand Rapids? It was interesting because a friend of mine's got a really interesting property there. It's an old furniture factory. It's like 600,000 square feet and it's right on the edge of the downtown area. And it wasn't even on our radar. And he said, hey, I think this would be great for you guys to take some space in here. So we went and took a look and just fell in love with the area. There's some interesting opportunities out there and there's some nice surprises for areas that we didn't even think, didn't even consider. I mean, we're going in, in all the main metros, but I think there's a lot of opportunities in some of these other not so mainstream areas. Well, like a mid-sized city, you know, of yeah. course. Yeah. Even small towns around 100,000 people, they still need a fair amount of warehouse space. I think you'd be surprised how, how many places this concept actually could work. It's a lot. Now, 
when I say like someone can take a 3PL and just like, you know, put up chain link fences and like split space, but that's not very clean. It's not very effective. And feeling like sometimes you just need your own space where you could like really do what you need to. When we put this model together in the first place, we looked at a number of options and then we went for, you know, an architectural design and natural timber walls with glass doors in each one. So we wanted to let a lot of natural light run through the place and introduce some nice elements like, you know, indoor greenery, timber, just the things you don't normally see in a warehouse. I mean, I spent my early days working in aircraft hangars and, and that kind of thing. And even earlier, you know, growing up as a kid working around workshops and dirty old workshops and dirty old overalls. So I spent plenty of time in those environments and just wanted to create something a bit more aesthetically pleasing. And so that's what we've done. We've put a lot of effort into design to make it a place that people want to work and bring in a lot of the natural elements. Yeah. You mentioned, uh, not actually like when we had an, another call another day, that your experience in like the tech scene in San Francisco kind of like gave you a few inspiration points as to working with communities and that like a very real possibility that some of these places like the tenants could actually benefit each other. Yeah, exactly. So when I first landed in San Francisco, we selected Rocket Space as the kind of location for us to operate from. And the reason is that was like a curated community of interesting startups. Uber started off there, Spotify, Hootsuite, Supercell. They had something like 18 unicorns spring out of that community. And they used to do really cool events. Like every Thursday night, there's beer and ping pong and socializing among all the other startups in there. But they'd also do interesting things like bring outside speakers and there were subject matter experts on even the basics like you know, accounting and setting up companies and you know, they had hotels tonight, the C-suite come down and just do a bit of a talk. And it was kind of inspirational, you know, to be so close to these big uh, technology leaders. So experiencing that firsthand, I wanted to bring that into our location. So, you know, we're very focused on community inside the location to try and cross-pollinate the companies that are in there, bringing in outside venture dollars to showcase, you know, who's in there, what's going on and really build that bridge to try and be a key part of the entrepreneurial ecosystem in each region that we go into. There's something about, you know, rubbing shoulders with people that are also, you know, building their businesses and then, you know, good design. I think, I think the approach kind of makes sense. And honestly, it'd be a lot of fun. Wish you were around in the places that I was needing a warehouse almost a decade ago. (laughs) But like e-commerce has been like growing up and going through a lot of changes in those 10 years. And I feel like what you've got here is is kind of a part of that. So this is really interesting. What gets you most excited about Lowloft? I suppose one of the things that really excites me is it was a solution to a problem that we had and we solved that problem for ourselves. And the fact that we get to solve that problem for other companies is really cool. So I love seeing companies grow and love seeing innovation. And when we've got some really interesting companies coming in the space from Amazon sellers, uh, people selling on Shopify, Etsy. Do you think you're going to come across a business? You're like, oh, this is so cool. I want to do something like this. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's part of the reason we want to connect the venture community in with what we're doing because uh, we're already starting to see, like we've got a computer vision company coming in that 
builds digital twins of physical spaces uh, for picking and packing orders. So, you know, stuff that we'd never thought of before, but they need physical space. They can't do it in an office. They need to set up like a sort of temporary store and actually give some real world demonstrations. We've got another company, an AI company that's actually already connected to our security camera system that can tell us, you know, movements of people around the building can do things like if someone goes horizontal, they're raising the alarm. So, you know, there's some interesting tech that we're helping to showcase in the location we're using ourselves. So we really love to support innovation. And yeah, I mean, that kind of gets me excited. I'm an engineer by background. You know, I was an aircraft engineer, that's my trade. And I've always grown around tinkering, grown up tinkering with cars and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, just, it's some of the stuff that blows my mind. Yeah, so, well, it sounds like now you're tinkering with warehouse space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're really kind of like a physical platform, you know, just like software can be a platform. You know, Excel can be a, a platform, you know, for creating all sorts of interesting models and things. You know, with a physical manifestation of something like that, uh, we're always surprised by what people want to come in and do in the space. Yeah, no, and I think um, I think some of the points are, like, interesting and Let's say you find yourself outside of like, you know, not close to a low law. I do think some of these ideas about like, you know, scaling up your business, being able to scale up fast and, you know, not being stuck, being allowed to pivot. Because like, trust me, if you started a business, you're probably going to change an idea or two in the next few years. And you want to be able to chase the opportunities and stuff like that. So I think it's really cool what you guys... You said that you have like, I think, is it like leases? Will you go down to a month or, or like three months? Yeah, three months. So we go zero to three, three to six, six to 12 and 12 plus. Yeah, we've got a handful of short ones, but a couple of the short ones just keep extending. And right. most people want to sign for 12 because once you move where you stuff in, it's like, this oh, is no. perfect. I want to move. No. <laughs> oh, it's, it's brutal. It can get brutal. When we've moved some of them, I'm like, I told my brother, I was like, this is going to be a six-figure expense, just like the moving. And you're not going to like always see it. You're not going to see yeah. all the expenses. It's just going to be like time of employees just doing stuff that like doesn't really have any improvement on the business. You're just moving. So, yeah, I've been through some of those headaches before. So, <laughs> not surprised that people extend. Well, Oh, this is really cool, Brendan. Thanks for coming on and, you know, building Low Loft. It sounds like, you know, you have some of the backing to be a WeWork of sorts. But, you know, this is my opinion is like, I used to think, you know, WeWork is still around. Like they created some really cool spaces and stuff. Sure, they kind of bit off more than they can chew. They had a bit of a shrinking, but I think it's like, you know, to be put in the same conversation of them, I think a lot of people would be lucky to do that. Hmm. Thank you. Yeah, we're really excited you know, about what we're doing and you know, happy to support all those Amazon sellers out there. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see. So people, if they want to check it out, is it just lowloft.com? Yeah, just get, um, search for lowloft.com. And if they want to ask you questions, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, if you just um, email info at lowloft.com, that's okay. our, catch, our catch-all. And then uh, we all access that mailbox. So they you know, want to ask me anything, just you know, put my name in the, in the subject line and then, um, then I'll get it and I'll, I'll come back to them straight away. Perfect. All right. Well, appreciate you coming and talking and uh, you know, helping us think creatively. So for anyone listening, you know, check out lowloft.com. Hopefully 
you're starting to think about your warehouse space as you ramp up into Q4. We're about halfway through the year and you've got to be acting fast if you're going to take advantage of it. Thanks everyone for listening. I'll see you on next week's episode and take care. One, two, three. Yeah.